We welcome you into the Cross Country Mortgage Campus here in Berea, Ohio. Jason Gibbs, Andrew Gribble, Jeff McDaniel spinning the dials. Coming up in just a few minutes, Browns rookie safety Richard LeCount will join us. You are tuned in to the best podcast available. You can like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to the best podcast available. Also check us out youtube.com slash Browns. I'm Jason Gibbs alongside Andrew Gribble, as I mentioned. Gribbs, uh, the final week leading into the final preseason game of 2021. Everyone is happy because after Sunday, it all boils down to week one in Kansas City, September 12th, 4.30 kick time. We know that the CBS A-team will be there, Nance and Romo and Tracy Wolfson. But Gribbs, training camp, is it officially over? Because everybody says training camp's over, but this still feels like a training camp week for this football team as they get ready for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I guess it's like kind of over, but it, it you really don't break camp uh, with these new policies that you've had to enact these last couple of years. It's not the same as it was in years past, but I would say this would be the time of year where you would break camp. And I, I guess the big difference this week compared to the previous three or four is that you're on a game week type of schedule. And I so I think that the day-to-day is not as demanding right now as it was in training camp. I, I think, you know, Tuesday, the Browns practiced at 1045 in the morning, uh, and their day was pretty much wrapped up shortly thereafter. So that that was more of like a, a bonus day, if you will, during a game week during the season. Uh, now, you know, Browns went through a normal Wednesday, which is probably your most intense practice of the week, and then you kind of dial it back the next two days and, and get ready uh, for the game on Sunday. So, this is the closest thing you get to a game week, which so I guess that is not technically training camp, but uh, you know this still has some training camp vibes uh, to it because you still get 80 guys on the roster. Yeah, still quite a few guys, and the Browns have made some cuts, and obviously uh, it, it starts at the uh, the kicking position with Cody Parkey, unfortunately going down with an injury and uh, being released by the team with an injury designation, obviously. Uh, but uh, only one kicker remaining, one kicker and one punter on this football team as we get ready for 2021. As of now, the middle, uh, the middle of the week here in the last full week of August. Yeah, you, you mentioned that the, the team's made some cuts to go from 90 to 80, but it's been about half cuts, half injuries. And that's been kind of the, the unfortunate nature of this is that the Browns have not, you know, knock on wood, had anything catastrophic happen or anything big to some to some of these projected starters but a lot of guys who were either going to be some depth guys like a Jacob Phillips or guys that you needed to play in some of these preseason games I mean that that, that were going to get big snaps and big opportunities uh they're 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 injured so the Cody Parkey one is interesting obviously he was kicking in the game on on Sunday uh obviously something happened uh whether whether it be he was kicking through something or it, it something happened in the game. We don't really know that, but you're down to one kicker and Kevin Svancy has made it clear. doesn't mean this is the kicker, but it's your one kicker for now. But uh, at some point here, I don't think all teams have two kickers on, on their roster, but there's going to be a lot of kickers that are going to be hitting the market here in the next couple uh, of weeks. So it's, I, I would say this is an ongoing evaluation, but that's no knock on Chase McLaughlin, who's been really good uh, in, in training camp and was good again on Sunday. So he's doing everything he can to, to earn the job, but as he knows probably better than anyone, that this is a, a tough business for kickers where teams are always looking and 
I imagine the Browns are still looking uh, to, to see if they can add some competition to that room. Well, and I would think, you know, you and I talked about it, I think even last week on the best podcast available, you want that second kicker for COVID purposes on that practice squad, whatever, you know, you have those extra spots, having a, a, a second kicker or a backup guy in that situation that you can elevate the day before a game, pretty important. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember when the Browns added Cody Parkey last year. I think it was after roster cuts because he was on the practice squad when they made the move to bring him up for week two after getting rid of Austin Seibert. So no matter what, you know, this is a team that's looking for kickers. I think because you only got one that's that's on the roster right now. And like you mentioned, you probably want to have two. Now that your practice squad goes up to 16, you can keep a spot there for a kicker. And most of the time they end up being the one of the four that gets protected. Uh, each week so this is it's a it's a it's a tough situation because I think Cody Parker was really good really reliable was in the driver's seat to be the kicker again this year uh, and now you you kind of are in a situation that frankly half the NFL is in it's almost like quarterback where you there's you've got a, a, a group of teams that are really happy with their kicker and then the rest of the league that that is kind of on the lookout because you don't have that locked in guy and so the Browns join that group and, and we'll see how things go. But right now it's, it's Chase McLaughlin and, and we'll see who else joins the group. Yeah. We've had two cut downs five this week, five last week. And then obviously uh, this coming Tuesday after the Atlanta game by four o'clock, you've got to get down from 80 to 53. So uh, a lot of players going to be hitting the market and it will be interesting to see how quickly things come about, especially because this football team, has not waited until Tuesday to make their moves. They, they've made most of their moves on Mondays, maybe done some tweaking this week with a few other guys. But, uh, you know, by the end of the day on Monday, we've known who basically are, you know, who's being cut from this football team. Yeah, no, it's been pretty quick and deliberate decisions. Not a lot of stunning ones or surprising ones, but we'll see what the, this next round is going to be tough because this is a deep team that has a lot of talent at, at the positions. And, that what makes this tricky is you've got some guys that are dealing with injuries that you wonder how you maneuver the roster to, to get them on there, potentially uh, then move to make the shift to, to short-term IR and, and things of that nature. So it's a lot of tricky maneuverability. And, and again, when you get that roster down to 53 on, on whether it's Monday or Tuesday, uh, your job isn't done. Uh, there could, there's still probably going to be some, some moving and shifting uh, around to, to get your best possible 53 for that Kansas City game. So whatever the 53 is on Monday or Tuesday, definitely not going to be the definitive 53. Maybe by Thursday or Friday uh, of that week, you, you might have what you're looking at for that game on, on, on the 12th. All right, let's put training camp to bed as we know it. It's, it was a long three weeks, very hot three weeks. And by the way, this week, not any easier for this football team as they get ready for Atlanta uh, as temps well into the 90s here. Uh, although a little bit rainy, a little stormy on Wednesday that forced the team indoors. Uh, it, the heat and humidity is still here and going to be here for a little while longer. Uh, one word, Gribble, to describe the 2021 Browns training camp. I would say I think this is one word because I think you could throw a hyphen in there. I think this is was businesslike. I, I think that, that was not a lot of moments that you can maybe single out as like top moments of training camp, but this was a, a steady day in day out grind uh, of getting, getting the work done. And I, I think that's exactly what Kevin Stefanski wanted from this group. I think they, they delivered in kind of a no nonsense way. Uh, you didn't really have any 
times of, of camp where you're like, wow, that was a bad period or wow, the guys are fighting again or anything like that. There's none of that. And so I think that this was just a solid month of work uh, and, and kind of a team that really felt secure in itself with, with giving guys days off and, and knowing that, the, that they still are going to feel ready uh, when, when, when the Kansas City game comes up. Yeah, I, I, my word was professional. Same thing. Business like came up in my mind, but professional. It, it's what this is. What this is how training camp is supposed to look, especially when you're a good team. <laughs> yeah. You go out there, you take care of your business. Yeah, there's a little joking around sometimes. Yeah, there's a little fun, but you're out there for two hours. You have two hours to take care of your business and get ready for the next day. And that's what they did. They came out, they performed, as you said it. Didn't see any fighting. Uh, guys were out there. They handled their business. They did what they needed to get done. They got their work in and they moved forward. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a different atmosphere. It might not, it might make some of these practices look uh, like groundhog day a little bit, but I think that's exactly what, what, what Kevin Stefanski is looking for. He was looking for kind of methodical, if you want to use the word boring, you know, for a training camp. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's what he's going. That's what you're going for. You don't want, this is not the time of year to be making headlines. And the Browns really didn't make many headlines over the past month. The most improved player on this team from one year ago is? As Donovan Peoples-Jones. I, mean, I think I, I had to almost think about it for a second. And then I was like, oh, this is an easy answer. Because uh, I think he really, maybe because the first two weeks were so impressive that we just got used to what he's doing. Uh, but this is a legitimate wide receiver that I think has a, has a great future in the NFL. And I, I think he's going to be a big part of this offense. I, I just think that he's put in the work. He's impressed his teammates enough and uh, really showing off some special skills that I, I think that Michigan wa- saw from him as, as a high school prospect. It didn't work out for a lot of reasons at Michigan the way they thought it would. But this is someone that I, I, I don't I think it's become clear and clear. It's not through the fault of, of his own. Uh, that that the things maybe didn't materialize at Michigan because he's been working hard, impressing. I think last year was a weird training camp where he was going to be have a tough shot to make an impact early in the season, but uh, clearly uh, he's had a full year under his belt, and I, I think he's ready to go. It's been amazing. I mean, really, from the first time we saw him at at, at minicamp, you know, and he stepped on the field, and we all said, "Wait a minute, who is that?" I mean, the, what he did with it to his body what he did to improve himself uh, in the gym uh, and on the football field, it's hands down Donovan Peoples-Jones, the most improved player from a year ago. The rookie you cannot wait to see on Sundays. And yes, you may only pick one. Well, I'm only picking one. And the reason why I'm picking this one, I'll give my answer for why I didn't pick the other one. I'm picking JOK because I think he's someone – that clearly is ready to go. I think that we, and I, I'm more looking at last week's game at the, against the Giants where he started and got 15 snaps and then they reeled him off the field. And I, that, that to me told me that it, I think he's in the plans to, to play a significant role in this defense. And this is a guy that makes these kind of splash plays. So I can't wait to see him make splash plays on the field. The reason I didn't pick Greg Newsom is because I expect to not be noticing him on the field. I don't want to see the ball going in his direction. I, I think he's someone that is in a great spot now to be one of your top corners on the team. And, and the less you hear about him on the field, the majority of the time, the better he's doing, because that means he's guarding his guy. 
and, and not letting opportunities come his way. You know, you, you, the guy, uh, I'm not making a comparison here, but Darrell Rivas was so good because you put him out there and you never heard about anything that happened his way. Didn't get a ton of chances for interceptions or anything like that because his guy was guarded and was completely taken out of the game. That's what, that's what I'm hoping for, for Greg Newsom uh, in, in 2021. I would agree. And, and that's Greg Newsom to me. Uh, what I'm seeing is what you expect from a first round pick and, and he's, he's healthy. He's on the field. He's making plays. He's a great kid. He's great to talk to. Uh, and, and a guy growing up in front of our, in, right in front of us and, and really stepping up, making plays. He had a big week last week against the giants uh, with the joint practices and the INT to seal day one. Uh, and he continues to just, impress and continue to get better and better. My guy is Demetric Felton. And I know that everybody's like, well, where's he going to get snaps? Because you got a lot of great players in front of him at running back and a lot of great players at wide receiver in front of him. Uh, but I, I feel like a guy with his talent and his speed, maybe it's on special teams. We see him. Uh, maybe it's lined up in certain formations. I, I just feel like this kid is going to make some electrifying plays in 2021. They're going to find ways to get him the ball. This is a creative offensive staff and a staff that I think can really use his talents uh, the way that they saw fit when they ended up drafting him. I, I think that all three of those guys have had great, uh, great training camps. And I think that all three are going to get meaningful snaps on Sundays sooner rather than later. Gribble, the player we didn't know a lot about who makes the 53-man roster, in your opinion. It's almost like a bold prediction. Yeah, this is a tough one. And I, I, I've i got I'm, – I'm throwing a couple out there because – I and I'm not sure if either – I mean, it, I could be wrong. But there's, Correct. there's yeah, a couple of guesses. them. And I, I think that – I'll start on the defensive line with Sheldon Day. Uh, I think that he has been really good in these preseason games. Uh, started against the, the Jaguars. I, I'm, did he start against the, the Giants as well? He, he might have. He was definitely active in the first half of those games. It's a veteran player that's been in the league for a while and played for a few different teams. I think he's been impressive. And I, I, I have a tough read on this defensive line room right now, especially a defensive tackle on who's, who's in, who's out. Uh, I think he's performance-wise, he's the guy that stood out the most, I think, with, with given these opportunities. So he's someone that joined the team late last year. You didn't really think much and then signed back again in, in later in the year in, in March. And just uh, with all the new defensive tackles, probably didn't get a lot of love compared to some of the other big names you added to that position. So that's someone I'm thinking about on the defensive line. I'm also going to mention Elijah Lee, the linebacker who uh, has been with this team since midway through last season. He's an incredible special teams player. And also now with the injury to Jacob Phillips, I think suddenly becomes a, a guy that you, you think has a pretty good shot of sticking around because I think that you lost Steven Carlson on special teams, who is very valuable. I don't know if you can lose another one of the guys who is one of Prefer's top guys last year. So I think he's got a great shot, played a ton against the Giants uh, when they needed him to. Thought he played well, was in, that, in on that goal line stand on the two-point conversion. I think he's someone that is going to be in the mix and especially with special teams, he's going to, he, if he makes this team, he's going to be active every week. I had two guys that I thought you had another guy. Did you have another guy in there? No, I, I'm, I think I'm good. I think. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I thought obviously Johnny Stanton knew the name, but it's been a feel good story at camp. And I, and I, I hope personally that it continues. 
uh, on Sundays uh, on the 53-man roster of the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if it'll happen. It's a numbers game, but I, I loved how they've used him, and I love how versatile he's been, and it's been fun to cover him. Another guy that I keep, you know, and Jim Donovan and I were talking about him, uh, is Brian Allen, a guy that keeps stepping up and making plays. And, yeah, he's been a little bit – he's bounced around a little bit, but in that defensive back room, you got to – you. I wonder how many – what the numbers will look like. And Brian Allen continues to make plays. And I just – I wonder if there's a spot on this football team for him. He seems to be in the right place at the right times making plays. Yeah, and he's someone, again, like he's kind of in that Sheldon Day boat where he joined the team late last season. You didn't hear much because he was – I think he was might have been inactive for both the playoff games, but he was on the roster. He's played for the Steelers, played for a couple other teams in the league. And – is one of those guys that, yeah, he's been around the ball. And, and you wonder, it's that final spot, whether it's in the cornerback's room or the safety's room on, on who you're keeping. You imagine he's competing with a guy like A.J. Green or maybe a, a fifth safety. You know, that I think that's that's where it gets it's, gets tricky with the numbers. But, yeah, I mean, a, a, a quality outside corner. I mean, no matter what, this is – the outside corners are tough to come by in the league. This is someone where if he's not playing here, he might be playing somewhere else this year. Yeah, uh, I think we're going to have that with a number of guys that uh, don't end up making this roster. Your most outstanding camper. I feel like we're like cooking over the s'more, cooking over the fire, <laughs> a little some s'mores action. I, I'm going with Baker Mayfield. I think he's been exactly what you wanted from start to finish. And I think he, the, I remember last year at camp, you were wondering like, is the accuracy there? Cause there was just some, you know, some overthrows or underthrows and just as things didn't look as smooth as you thought they should. That hasn't been the case this year. I, I think he's been on the money the majority of the time. Very few interceptions. I, I, I can maybe count on maybe one hand for sure. I don't. I, I can't remember how many interceptions he actually even had in camp. I thought he was very good against the Giants in those joint practices. Uh, I've been fine not seeing him in the preseason games. I think he's ready to go, and I think you just see an overall leader, a commander of this of this offense. And I, I think that he just seems so much more ready to go even this year than last year when he had a, had a good season because I just think he feels comfortable with with what he's being asked to do with this offense, and I, I think he's going to have a greater grasp of it uh, in 2021. Jarvis Landry for me. Uh, I, we, we saw him take over practices. Uh, we saw him take over the Giants joint practice on that Thursday. But that has happened multiple days out here where Jarvis Landry has made plays. A healthy Jarvis Landry. A Jarvis Landry that – you know, it, last year played the mo majority of the year banged up, was not 100% the year before that, and clearly looks like he is back and at 100%, and he is playing at an elite level. He and Baker are dialed in. They have great chemistry, and, and just he had a monster camp, and I, and I hope that leads to big numbers for him. Uh, I thought David Njoku had a great camp. Uh I thought that Miles prior to getting dinged up was unblockable. I mean, it's Miles, but it was one of the, I mean, constantly in on Baker Mayfield. And I mean, you're not allowed to touch the quarterback, but I think for a lot of us that watch practice, you know, when there's a sack and when there's not a sack and Miles was back there a lot. And boy, does he look more motivated than ever to, uh, to get out on the football field come September. 
the player that can help themselves the most this Sunday in the preseason finale is whom? I'm going with, uh, I'll give you a couple ones. They're both on the defense. I'm going to start on the defensive line. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy like Jordan Elliott. I, I think defensive tackle, you've got, you got to imagine Malik and Andrew Billings uh, are your, your two main guys there. You got to figure Tommy Togi is in the plans uh, somewhere as well. And I, I think there's a lot of opportunities for, for some of those guys who are competing at that defensive tackle spot. And I think there's a lot of high expectations for Jordan Elliott this year. And you want to kind of see him come to fruition because there's players like, Malik McDowell is coming off a big game against the against the Giants who, who are pressing him. I think Marvin Wilson been out there a, a bunch and, and playing well. And I, I just think that that fourth and maybe fifth spot in the defensive tackle group is not yet settled. Uh, so I think Jordan Elliott could maybe serve the reminder that he's a guy that has a lot of talent and upside and, and, and should be with, with the team. And then I'll go to defensive back. There's a couple there. I think A.J. Green uh, is someone that could put together another – good game and, and get himself in the room as that fifth corner or fifth or sixth corner, potentially because MJ Stewart might, might be your fifth guy there at the, in the nickel. And then uh, a, a guy we're, we're talking to later, Richard LeCount. I think he's, he's, he's been the, the man at the right place at the right time with two Hail Mary interceptions uh, in the, in the preseason played a lot. Uh, he's looked the part of a, kind of a center fielder, deep, deep safety that you might want to have uh, on your roster, clearly a fifth round pick that you, you you liked coming out of the draft. And I think he's played well with the opportunities that have been given to him. And the opportunities have maybe been there more so than we thought because of all the injuries and safety uh, throughout training camp. Yeah. I, I think another guy that's, that is worth watching is, is Joe Jackson. Uh, I mean, he's made some plays as well. And I think he's put himself in the mix on the defensive side of the football to, uh, to contend for a roster spot there. And, and one of those 53 uh, 53 coveted places on the Browns roster. And of course, cut down day is next Tuesday at four o'clock. We expect a lot of that maybe to happen sooner than that. And things will be in flux with our roster. And, and I agree with you, Gribbs, especially with no fourth preseason game, probably in flux till Thursday. And then, you know, going into the holiday weekend, you know, you're, you're putting your fine finishing touches on things and then coming out Labor Day, it's Kansas City week. And yeah, the good go. the good thing is this year with that way the roster cuts are a little earlier that you don't have to worry about getting flying guys in and getting them right on the practice field. You at least get like a couple days to make the the logistics magic happen and get them in your building, and you at least get you're, you're guaranteed like a minimum of a full week with some of these guys in your building. Who we've seen it before. You claim a guy in waivers, and then they suddenly have to be active for you on that on that week one game day because of, of a numbers crunch or injuries. I mean, that's, I, I like this extra cushion you're getting uh, for these kind of potential moves. Yeah, no question. A lot to watch here in the coming days and the coming week as the Browns wrap up the off season and training camp and get ready for week one against the Kansas city chiefs for more on this football team. Gribbs had a chance to sit down with a, uh, a young man who's making quite a name for himself. Uh, one of our star draft picks, Richard LeCount at safety. He's got a lot of snaps because of injuries in that room. Continues to show up and show out. Mr. LeCount with a few minutes here on the best podcast available. Have a watch and have a listen. All right, we're joined now on the best podcast available with Browns rookie safety, Richard LeCount. And, and Richard, just what, what's this What's this month been like with you now kind of entrenched here in, in your first NFL season? 
Um, it's been a great month, man. Uh, can't really explain it, you know, with words, man. Just going out there, having fun, running around, you know. Uh, I'm, you know, excited, elated to be around football again and be able to play and, um, you know, come here and make the Browns better. Now you, you've been the man to be on Hail Marys so far. Both uh, your interceptions have been uh, at the end of half with uh, with Hail Marys. What's, what, what's worked out that you've kind of been at the right place at the right time and 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 how, how, how exciting has that been to, to get two interceptions in the preseason? Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Um, Just, you know, good things happen when you run to the ball, you know, on defense. And, and when you run to the ball, good things, you know, come to you. And uh, that's, you know, my gifts has been, you know, interceptions so far. Uh, I, you know, I love doing it. I love the game of football. I love being around it. And every time I, you know, step on the field, you know, I, I feel like I have a chance to intercept one or, or get a fumble recovery or some type of turnover that can, you know, escalate um, to a, a better offensive drive or great uh, field position for our offense anyway. Now, I know on Hail Marys, they tell you to knock it down. So you got to be really sure if you're going to get that interception, right? Is that is that the advice you guys get out there? Yeah, man. Uh, knock it down. Make sure, you know, when you knock it down, nobody else around you, you know, so when you knock it down, uh, the other team might be able to catch it or something like that. I'm just making sure I secure it, you know, get out of the way, get out of bounds, do whatever I have to do to uh, in the half or in the game safely. What, what's the experience been like in these two preseason games? Because you've got a lot of snaps in both of these games. How much have you liked doing that? And, and how much better do you think you've gotten because of that? Oh, yeah, man. Um, just to be out there, get my feet wet, you know, um, again, you know, um, the Browns has been you know, the, a tremendous experience. Uh, every time, you know, I step out there on the field, you know, I have a hundred guys, you know, support me, you know, the coaches and things like that. Just being able to be free and be able to play um, with no, you know, with no remorse, just go out there and run, run like my hair on fire, like I always been doing. And, you know, good things are starting to happen. Now, I know I talked to you a few weeks ago just about how you worked your way back from the accident you had at Georgia and, and kind of getting your feet wet and getting back in the swing of things. Kind of walk me through the process of getting back up to full speed that you've now been clearly at now with the Browns. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Um, the, the hard part about it was, you know, the mental aspect of it, you know, just being able to mentally wake up every day and know, you know, from day one of my recovery to where I'm at right now that I, I have to take a leap forward, you know, every day and get 1% better. Um, and, you know, my health has shown that and tremendously, you know, mentally, you know, I don't think people really take the the their precautions seriously as, as far as injury, injuries mentally, but you have to attack that mental aspect it's just as hard as you attack the physical, uh, the physical aspect of it, because it's just so much of so much of, of yourself, your time, your energy, uh, you know, is based on getting, you know, getting back right, getting back healthy. And, um, you know, every day that I, you know, I woke up, um, I knew I was on a mission to be able to get back where I was, um, to be the, be that player that I was electric in uh, the secondary and being able to help my team win, man, that's the most important thing. And, uh, you know, uh, being here uh, in Cleveland, I've done a rehab, you know, been able to uh, study, get in the uh, film room, study my playbook more, you know, it's just been a uh, since I got my name called a family feeling, being able to be around here and be around everybody, just feeling comfortable in that, that definitely was a big part of my rehab uh, also. What was the toughest moment you went through in that whole process? Um, definitely, I'll probably say not finishing my senior season of my college career. Um, just knowing that, you know, I 
you know, we had such great hopes and things like that and, and that I worked so hard to get there and that, um, you know, my season was derailed by a freak accident and that I had to, you know, mentally get myself back ready and physically get myself back ready. And that's why, you know, I stayed at Georgia after I, um, you know, got injured uh, and missed all the COVID things and all the, you know, the distractions that was in, uh, you know, the, our, our world of football last year. Um, just being there, being around, you know, my, my uh, football family, being around my real family, Family and just, you know, nursing myself back to health, um, you know, with the help of others. That was the biggest thing for me, you know, um, just being able to stay on campus, help the young guys that was behind me, you know, because, uh, you know, I, uh, I was obviously, a, uh, you know, a senior and was about to leave, but helping groom the guys under. So when I leave, you know, the University of Georgia, I, I leave my mark and I leave, you know, something that, um, that a younger guy that was watching me, you know, if he plays my position or not, he knows the right way to lead, the right way to do, uh, to do things. Hard work and dedication, the only way you can get better. Um, it's not really nothing more, you know, putting my team first, being able to, you know, walk out there for my senior, um, my senior last game and that, that bowl game against Cincinnati, that was surreal. Um, you know, just to be able to, you know, to walk again and, and, and just do all those type of things that were just, you know, a blessing to be there. And I appreciate, you know, everyone who helped me. Now, I know the Browns obviously saw you at your pro day, but then they've obviously seen you get faster and faster and stronger over here. Right. Have you heard from them and them being like, wow, you're looking a lot better and, and, and things like that? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, um, I, you know, my pro day was, was kind of, you know, a hectic time. You know, uh, I was kind of, you know, panicking, rushing back and things like that. I knew I wasn't all the way healthy. I, you know, it is what it is. You know, I landed in Cleveland and that, that's the, you know, the plan God had for me. And I'm excited to be here and work. Now, talk about the safety room you're in now with John Johnson III, and I imagine Ronnie Harrison was a guy you were familiar with uh, in your oh, time yeah. at, at Georgia. I mean, what what's it like being around those guys, and how are they making you better? Oh, yeah, man. Um, just being around those guys, they have great leadership qualities. You know, um, every time, you know, I go to, to ask them a question or something like that, they give me fully detailed. And, and and that's something that as a rookie coming in, you know, that's something you can only wish for to have guys in your room that, that want you to, to excel just like how they are. Being able to sit back and, and you know, listen to a different uh, uh, aspect of the game besides getting it from Coach Howard. Um, you know, just guys that been in the been in the league. You know, Troy Hill also just knowing just different different techniques. You know, as a thinking as a, a as a corner or as a nickel, being at the safety position. You know, being able to to pick the brains of the quarterback. Also, you know, going against Baker. That's a you know a great experience uh, to be one of the top rated quarterbacks in the league and to see him every day. And also um, Case and things like that is just it's just a great overall experience. By the time I get on the field you know, for the game on Sunday and put my helmet on. I, I done seen every look that I could, uh, you know, because I, I have practice against the best in the league also. Now, I know John Johnson said the other day that he's so loud on the field that he doesn't even wear a mouthpiece. Is that the kind of player you are? Is that that, that what you want to strive to be? Uh, as oh, a, yeah. In the back end? Definitely. Um, being on that back end, you know, helping everybody, you know, um, you know, get lined up, um, just, you know, hearing John, how he communicates, you know, and just seeing how he do things as a, you know, a safety that, that, that's been in this league, that plays at the top level, that's been in the Super Bowl, that been there, done everything that I want to do. You know, this is a great role model to be able to, uh, you know, base my game off of also. And I, you know, I try to, you know, make the calls just the same way as he do, be able to groom myself to be, to spring my game for it also. Now, do you think it's an advantage that you went to a place like Georgia where you go there as a freshman, even though you're a five-star recruit, it's a loaded roster and you got to prove yourself. 
you come here as a, as a fifth round pick and you know, no, there's nothing guaranteed. You got to work hard to, to, to get it there. Is, is that kind of giving you an advantage on getting the right mindset? To be oh there? yeah, man. That's kind of been my, my thing my whole life, you know, whether I was five star, whether I was one star, no star, you know, just come making sure that anywhere I go, I, I put my head down and I work, you know, um, uh, just my my family, you know, the people in my my inner circle that made sure that, that things like that never went to my head, you know, about where I was coming from or what I did in high school or what I did before. It's just it's the next level and I got to work just as hard as the next guy, you know, the guy who's undrafted, you know, and I come with a chip on my shoulder every day, just like, you know, somebody that didn't get drafted did and I'm, I'm coming to work also. And that's how I, you know, I attack the day every day. I know I imagine Georgia now that there's a big network of players in the NFL what what kind of reaching out have you done and, and getting connected with those guys and, and getting advice from players like that oh yeah definitely um did some you know did some talking across the league you know and uh last week you know the Giants was here and seeing you know Tay Crowder Lorenzo Carter uh Andrew Thomas um Aziz um you know all my former teammates man it, it made me real happy to see you know that that all of us was out here doing good you know, and just talking to those guys, picking their brains about how to wait, how to how to uh how to go about things during the you know during their schedules, their busy schedules during the week, just being able to time management and things like that. We all have a group text, also, um, you know, all the former players, and where we able to share ideas and talk and keep in touch. So that's been a good thing for me, uh, also reaching out to those guys. Now, imagine when the preseason schedule came out, there couldn't have been a person more excited than you. I mean, you're going right. back to Jacksonville, then you get a home game. And then now you get to go to Atlanta, back in Georgia. I mean, what, what's that? What, what's it? What are you expecting that that to be like to get back to a place you're you're definitely more than familiar with here? Oh yeah, man. I just you know I'm very familiar with that that place, you know, and also Jacksonville. Um, just being like a homecoming, you know, and and to come back healthy, to come back, you know, clicking on all cylinders. That, that's that's something that I you know want to springboard into the, the the regular season with um I couldn't ask for a better place to be and a better schedule and, and uh, you know the team that I'm on right now and it's the thing that we got the best team in the league and, and this this is what we came to do we come to win the Super Bowl so I'm here to help in whatever way I can and just being going being able to go back to Jacksonville being back to go back to Atlanta just made me feel even better you know so my family can see me who can't really travel uh that far also. Will this be as similar of a homecoming as the Jacksonville game, or will there be more people, less people? What are you expecting? Um, probably just, you know, just probably as much, the same as much. Um, you know, Atlanta, not that far either. So um, I got some some folks that arrived with me. Cool. Well, Richard, I, I wish you all the best, and, and I know you got a, a big, big game here this Sunday, and we'll, we'll look forward to watching you there against the Falcons and, and see, seeing you down the road. Okay, thank you all. That's a wrap for this week's edition of the best podcast available. Be sure to check out all of our episodes from training camp, including interviews with Rashard Higgins, Jeremiah Wusu-Kormoa, Joe Thomas, and more. Like and subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch all of our shows on YouTube, youtube.com slash Browns. Thanks to Jeff McDaniels for all of his hard work, and thanks to Richard LeCount for his time today. We are back with you next week when the Browns announce their 53-man roster. It's a tradition like any other. For Jason Gibbs, I'm Andrew Gribble. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the best podcast available.